America's favorite podcast show starring Dr. Jack Skinner. Skinner Box, keeping America. Can your child become a cannibal because of online? Find out more at... Hey, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, take a seat. Take a seat. Okay. Good. Good. Hey, thanks for coming and having a session today. I know when you sit down, it's hard for you to focus on these goals over a long period of time. So is there anywhere you wanted to maybe start today? Or actually, I just wanted to really come in and thank you for the sessions we've gone through. They've really helped me just a lot in life lately so i really don't need to catch up i i'm really i swear wow okay um well i know like i said it's been a while so if you really if you wanted to go over things we i do have the time today i i appreciate you saying thank you but i really feel like coming in here and just saying that doesn't let me know if you really address these problems well, Doc, I know we've been doing this kind of circling the drain thing for a while, but I really think, finally, you know, I understand where a lot of my problems were coming from, and I've just, I've been able to fill up so much of that void in my life with something new, I, I and I wouldn't have been able to do that without your help, uh, so I just, like I said... I've been I've really been working well, on it. Okay, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that statement. First off, I would like to address just you know, we talked a lot about your difficulty making friends for a really long time and if you say you're doing well, I believe you. I'd just like to I'd just like to address that real fast. So, have you been able to go out there and really, you know, since you haven't been coming in, we haven't been in touch. Have you been able to really go out and make friends out there in public spaces? You enable me to be but who I, just I am. But I wanted to take a minute and do. just tell you guys how thankful I am patrons. just to have you, you probably if you're watching be a part this video. of this it's YouTube you channel. That I owe the effort. It's you that I owe the work. And <laughs> yeah, Doc. I've got tons of friends. Tons. <laughs> This episode of the Deep Hell Podcast is brought to you by you. Episode 7, Parasocial. in the second person. The pronoun you, we're really not supposed to address the reader directly. Well, what's a parasocial relationship? A parasocial relationship is thinking that any time I use the word you, I mean you, yes, you, whoever's listening to this, it's an interaction that refers to a kind of psychological relationship experienced by an audience in their mediated encounters with performers in the mass media. At least, that's what Google says when I just looked it up. I'm not an expert on this. I don't have any kind of PhDs or doctorates. 
I know that as a person who's been living online for a few years now, I have a small cultivated audience that I engage with regularly. A few months ago, parasocial relationships were a hot topic. This is something I've been meaning to get around to because I can't stop thinking about it. Before we get into the nitty gritty here, let's take a little journey and really ask ourselves, is every relationship I've had online parasocial? If you had to think about it for more than a second, that just goes to show how dangerous the thought is. It's a deep kind of paranoia. You know, parasocial activity starts at home. If you go onto any one of these hell websites like Instagram or Twitter or the Facebook, these social networks, they really want us to start with ourselves, you know, our home lives, the people we know immediately in real life. Maybe it's a few co-workers. Maybe it's somebody you've ran into a few times at a couple of different parties. Their name looks familiar and you know enough about them that you don't mind them seeing a little bit of your inner world. Isn't it interesting that no matter how hard you seem to try, you can't make that list of people you may know disappear and all of the people you should be following based on your cultivated interests, of course. They're putting it all out there on these platforms and those platforms are kind of looking in and seeing the worst parts of our souls, the commerce-driven, algorithmic, the what can I be boiled down to today? Is it Mortal Kombat or Call of Duty or Splinter Cell? And don't think for just a second that you people obsessed with the physical world are any more safe from it than anybody else is. No, if you're a mountain biker, a hang glider, a casual hiker, maybe you love wine, there's always something out there to show you that seems perfectly curtailed to your interests. Sometimes maybe it's even ran by someone that looks like you or you're attracted to. Now, back in the old days, you had to implicitly trust that some stranger in some hobby group wasn't an axe murderer, but these days, you know, sooner or later that person that follows you starts commenting on your profile or saw something you tweeted that was really hilarious. Maybe you look up a few of their things. The algorithm starts making their tweets pop up a little more for you to look at. Sooner or later, you're messaging back and forth, and before you know it, you've become fast friends. Isn't that exciting? Every once in a while, one of these bigwig writers or celebrities or politicians will come out and say, you don't have the permission to respond to my tweets or call me out in public or do any of that stuff, even though they're posting on a platform that we all have to recognize that's sort of what it's been cruelly designed to promote. Even less so now that everything's public that you've ever thought just screamed out into the void instead of holding on to, some of those people think they have a right to their privacy after posting everything they've ever thought online. And then usually the algorithm doubles down and shows them that that's just not true. The litany of strangers that I've interacted with, the people that have started following me just because we write about the same things and we've crept into each other's direct messages and maybe now we chat on Discord or Skype or ICQ Messenger. Are those really any different from me being in a video and the people that'll leave dozens of comments just to get a response? Am I any different from those people? I like to inject a little paranoia into everything I do, so there it is. What are the relationships we're forming online with each other? 
Are they real friendships? Are they fake friendships? Do I need to make a Facebook post about all of my fake friends that are following me and that I'm going to delete them if they don't interact with me enough? Because, I mean, how many times have we seen that, am I right? But there's a reason the opening skit uses so many clips of YouTubers and people saying, well, the clips that I could find, I should say, saying that they're proud of their audience or they're happy to be responsible for their audience. Because that's the thing about responsibility, isn't it? A lot of these parasocial conversations are born out of people who feel responsible for their audience. I'm not responsible for my audience, though, and if DeepHell.com killed someone or me tomorrow, it's not my problem. I read a lot of college papers and just kind of research papers about parasocial interactions before I started recording this. It was something that was buried in the back of my head for a while, and the number one thing they say is... Forming ties with media consumers and investing effort in knowing what they do and what happens to them is a common reason many people use media. The one-sided nature of these parasocial experiences, however, suggests that consumers may be using them, in part, based on egocentric motivations. I take that to mean that we have a lot of lonely people, and we've essentially told them all their only way of relating to people is through what they consume, and put an unbridled machine at their fingertips that lets them get to know other people that consume the same things. I'd say it's a problem with platforms, but if you really want to get dark with me, this kind of thing has been going on since the days of the theater, and probably before. The fact of the matter is, if you give someone another person and tell them they can't get to know or touch them, the deepest, most lonely part of our culture is going to try and react to that. All of us that'll make a close relationship with an actor's performance based on how well they communicate key details of a character that relates personally to us aren't that far off from the people who will fall in love with a YouTube host, or murder a member of a theater production over how a character was received. The difference here, and I've thought this for a really long time, is love. Probably not the same kind of love that makes a particular game harass a streamer into covering them, Probably not the same kind of love that makes you want to kiss your wife on the cheek before you leave for work in the morning, and probably not the same kind of love that makes you murder the lead singer of a band. Or actually, it probably is that last one. Or it can be trust, too. In fact, trust... We have a lot of different ways of telling someone we trust someone online, don't we? For certain people, it can just be playing a game with them too many times. I'd like to segue into a little story about trust from a friend of mine. Yeah, let's look into my life. Let me open up a little bit. Let you know how I sound when I'm just talking to a friend. Hello? Hi, Roxanne. I have a weird How's question. Going? It's going well. I have a weird question for you. Okay. Uh, it could be slightly dark... It's about online interactions with people. Are you game? Okay. Um, have you ever had an online interaction with someone on like an online game or Twitter or anything like that? Somebody who maybe played a couple of rounds of something with you or anything where they thought they had a friendship with you that wasn't there? Um... Um, 
Yeah, I guess so. Like back when I played Diablo two. <laughs> okay, what was what was the interaction, if you don't mind saying? It was like <sighs> it was my brother's friend. Okay. Friend on Diablo that I would occasionally start to play with. Okay. And I was talking about uh, American McGee's Alice, which I had just beaten and was basically raving about the game. You realize that dates both of us for understanding what American McGee's Alice was, right? I'm aware. I'm old. Me too. I'm I'm old. Mm -hmm. Um... He was like, well, we're friends. Like, I can send you this link to download this thing so I can play it off of your computer, right? He thought I trusted him enough to let him run a Trojan on our computer. Like... Wasn't that a funny little skit? Just to hear me talk to one of my friends with some warmth in my voice. That was a story about trust, though. That wasn't a story about audience participation or theaters or anything like that. It was a real story, though. It was an example of how parasocial relationships now color a lot of different avenues of our lives. From the person who sends you too many friend requests over Steam. Or the person who's just... No good on social media, but they continue to interact with you. It's more than just audiences and creators. It's a constant blurring of where our social lines actually are. There's no rules for doing any of this stuff online, so there's, I imagine, a lot of very lonely people out there who just kind of have to make it up on the fly. They don't have the personal interactions that let them treat other people in real life the same way they treat them online. It's that brain-in-a-jar feeling you get sometimes when you're shouting into the void on Twitter or YouTube, or the feeling you get when you leave a comment on a video and a couple of years later somebody sees it and responds to it. Maybe they see you as a kinship. Maybe they see you as a friendly spirit. Maybe they're trying to figure out your address right now. But don't be too paranoid about it. I mean, in all honesty, I think we're all probably a little lonely and all of these different platforms don't help. So when we do see a creator we like, or that kindred spirit on Instagram or whatever, we want to reach out to them. That's what the algorithm wants. That's how you boost engagement. You make some friends. It's not a problem of the audience anymore. You know, one of the interesting things about JRPGs is, for years you've been able to put your own name in a JRPG. Back in the old days, before everything was voice acted, you'd just see the game recognize your agency as a player by repeating the name you'd entered back to you. Some games would even let you do it for every single character. Final Fantasy VII, I'm pretty sure most Dragon Quest games. Voice acting came along, there became this audible silence. You'd still get to enter the name, sure, but all of a sudden the characters would be like, Oh, it's so great to see... You. It's so great you're here. Blank. Or sometimes it would be important plot details, somebody grabbing you by the collars and pulling you close and just saying, I love... 
But, you know, now there's all this technology about AI-generated words and vocoders and being able to stretch an actor's voice just to be able to say a specific thing. There's all this talk about parasocial relationships now, but there's not a whole lot of conversation about what happens when the parasocial relationships, the ones all the algorithms and platforms highly encourage, all of the creators who are very, very good at what they do to cultivate an audience, there's really no talk about what happens when those parasocial relationships start to curt a little too much, when they start to go in the other direction. How long is it going to be before you put your name into a JRPG and you just hear the characters say it? Your name? The name of a character? I bet some stuff online is going to get real fucked up when that happens. That could be a long time away, I don't know. But that's the question that all these parasocial conversations keep bringing me back to. How long before they start to go in the other direction? Not just video games, but when we the only platforms we've given people to solve the problem of loneliness just create a new, darker version, an extension of the old stage play of being able to see and touch the actors and run into them on the street afterwards, when the newest version of that can reach hundreds of thousands, billions of people, and the most we can do is shake our heads at the camera and say shame on our audience. Do you hear that? It's the sound of our friendships getting closer. Soundscapes by Tipsheta. Thanks for listening to the DeepHell.com podcast. Really though, that's the end. I only got 20 minutes in me by myself. What do you want from me? I don't owe you anything. This all only happened over, like, Facebook Messenger, right? This happened over Discord. Okay, Discord. And...